Thanks for joining us for this Parents Empowered Podcast. I am Heidi Hatch with KUTV. We're talking about holiday underage drinking prevention. Joining us today for part of this conversation is Liz Kelch. She's the director of the Utah Substance Use and Mental Health Advisory Council, or USAAV. David Watkins, also in here, I guess we've had before with the regional prevention director. He's also with the Utah Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health. Uh, both parents uh, have kids of their own, uh, 10, 7, and 5 for David. Your kids, uh, Liz, are 4 and 2. Mine are on the older end where we're going through all this with a 20 and 16, but we really wanted to be talking about how to talk to our kids about underage drinking as we head into the holidays. Uh, we're coming out of kind of a weird year with the pandemic where not everyone was getting out and doing their normal things, and maybe our kids were under a watchful eye more than they have been in the past, but I think we're all going to be heading out, going back to parties and doing normal things again, and so that's why it's such a great time really to be talking to our kids. So Liz, I want to start with you about why you know, changes in schedules or holidays is a good time to be talking to our kids. Well, the wonderful thing about this time of year is that we're we're getting out and we're going to all of these festive things. Um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, when we do that, sometimes alcohol is more present. And so we want to have that conversation with our kids about what to do when they see alcohol at uh, an event um, and how they can respond to it so that they are not... Uh, underage drinking, which is what we want to prevent. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how we start having those conversations, David, because we can all do these with our kids. And I think the key to me, which has been surprising to me having this conversation with Parents Empowered over the years, is really how young we should start talking to our kids. Because I think we imagine that, you know, when our kids get their driver's license, we should sit them down and start talking about tough topics and things they might see in the world. And they're like, uh, too late for that, mom. Right. Yeah. We think our kids don't know as much as they really do know sometimes. They're smart. Right. Yeah. Um, So really the American uh, Academy of Pediatrics suggests starting the conversation around alcohol at about age nine. So nine to 10, sixth graders, um, our research with the um, Utah Sharp survey shows that by sixth grade, youth are starting to drink. And so that, you know, age nine is a good time to start and have that conversation with them. Start small, start young, start before you think that they've been exposed to alcohol and just have an age appropriate conversation with them. Obviously what you tell your 16 year old when he gets his driver's license is different than what you're going to tell a nine year old, but a nine year old still exposed to alcohol quite a bit. That could be at the grocery store, that could be on TV, uh, that could be at the movies that they're seeing. And so having that uh, opportunity, taking those opportunities to talk to your child at a young age about what they're being exposed to. Holidays might be a good time too. Like Liz mentioned, there might be alcohol present at family gatherings or parties that uh, as a family you're going to. Okay. And then seems so young, but really when you look at nine and 10 year olds, I, when I look back, I think about just young and running barefoot throughout the streets, not coming home till your mom yells and it's dark outside. But I don't know if times are changed or maybe we were a little more naive, but kids are involved in tough topics, peer pressure, bullying, drinking, um, a lot of tough things at school. We've seen it in the news here in Utah um, with this little Izzy who was just 10 years old and took her life. And I think it's a reminder to all of us as parents that our kids at a very young age are dealing with tough topics and tough things. And I think one of the things we have to remember, Liz, as parents is that our kids actually want to hear from us about on these tough issues. I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, they want to hear from their friends or we're not cool enough or they don't want to talk to us. But our kids 
care, whether they're nine years old or 19 years old, they actually care about us being parents and caring about big and important issues to them. Absolutely. Believe it or not, our Utah's youth have self-reported, so this is them saying it, that parents are their number one influence for why they choose not to drink underage. And as long as we're showing strong disapproval, so not just kind of sort of disapproval, but uh, communicating our strong disapproval, we know that parents trump peer pressure, which Something that as a parent, sometimes you don't think is actually true, but it is. And uh, we know that if kids are unsupervised, um, they are, are going to have other issues. So being a, an involved and strong parent in, in your children's life is so crucial to helping them to pre- protect their brains, protect their health, and help them uh, make great decisions for their future. Absolutely. And I don't think our kids wanted to be disappointed. I remember that as a kid that it wasn't always, you know, admitting what you did wrong or what, you know, the punishment that came from it. I didn't like disappointing my parents. And I think that's important to remember with our kids is they don't want to disappoint us either. But this isn't only about disappointing our kids. Uh, when we look at it, there's actual research that shows that there's real damage that can be done if our kids are drinking at a young age, different than what you'd be doing if you were drinking as an adult, because kids' brains are different, right? Yeah, kids' brains are still developing. And so taking that opportunity again to help them understand that and help them see that their brain's still developing and that they, they can cause a lot of real harm to the developing brain, but then also um, alcoholism is really a pediatric onset disease. Most of the adults um, that are dealing with alcoholism started drinking as teenagers. Um, 40% of kids who start drinking at eight, before the age of 15 will go on to be alcoholics. And then four out of five adults in treatment um, report that they started drinking at an adolescent. And so the teenage brain's just primed for addiction. And so when we start young drinking, we're just likely to go on to have a lifelong list of issues when it comes to alcohol. And so prevention is really, really key when it comes to alcoholism and, and drug addiction. And that is scary to think about that, that percentage is so high and it just shows you why it's so important to have this conversation. I think one of the ways that we can have that conversation, Liz, is really talking to our kids about their brains. Because I think our kids are thinking about what they want to be when they want to grow up or going to school and being able to accomplish those things. And maybe talking to them about their brain and why their brain's so important can get you in the right direction. Absolutely. Underage drinking, er, underage alcohol can harm areas of the brain that are really important, like decision making, uh, memory and learning, impulse control, those kinds of areas where you that's really important for a kid to have all of those things right. working well. And so you want them to uh, protect their brain and uh, talking to them about that, talking to them about the things that they want to accomplish in their lives. That's going to be huge. Um for helping them make those great decisions. Absolutely. And I'm sure even your kids, when you even are talking about a four-year-old, I mean, they're already thinking about things they want to be when they grow up and things they want to do. So I think it's an easy way to fit into the conversation, starting at an even young age before you have to talk to them. You know, if you want to live your hopes and dreams, that we've got to treat our bodies correctly. A firefighter needs really good uh, decision-making skills. And so, yep, a four-year-old can decide that he wants to be a great firefighter. He's got to make some really great decisions about his health. So That's right. And I think as parents, sometimes we get worried about these talks because we think it's like this scary talk where you have to sit down and say hard things and we're sweating bullets over it. But it doesn't have to be sweating bullets. It can be small conversations that are just part of normal life, right? Yeah, I think that's maybe some of the mistakes that, that I make as a parent is like, let's let's save all these big topics up and sit down and have one yeah. conversation. Um, but really, you, know, you think about when you start young, you're giving kids such small amounts of information and they can only handle really small amounts of information. And so making those conversations just simple, 
quick and make them in a friendly situation. Uh, you know, I share a story. We were at Costco just the other weekend and, you know, we were walking down the beer aisle and my wife went and picked out the chicken or whatever that we were getting. And we were just parked there by the beer. And it was an opportunity for me to talk to my 10 year old about, Hey, do you know what this is? And do you know what our rules are about this? And so that real simple opportunity, taking the opportunity that arises, I think about, I watch TV a lot. And so in sporting events and beer commercials are big there as yeah, well. There's a lot. And that's a great opportunity. Again, your kids are sitting there with you. They see the commercial instead of just like not addressing it, like address what's going on in that commercial, address what it is and, you know, be clear about what your views are when it comes to underage drinking and, and how that can harm their brain as they, as they're aging and developing. That's so important because it's always packaged so cool and you always want to be with whatever is cool. So I think it's important to have those conversations. I think we forget about that as parents. They're just sort of background noise to us commercials that go by, but it really is important to grab those moments and have those conversations. And Liz, I think one of the ways you can really do this is by just being a good parent in general. Sometimes it comes down to bonding and it's sometimes easier said than done, but it's an important part of making sure that your kids will have these conversations with you. We say that we need to spend 10 to 15 minutes with our kids, um, personal one-on-one -on -one time, so that they can, we know what's going on in their world, and we know what they're facing. And we, we, you mentioned before, they're dealing with a lot more maybe than we even realize. And so having that time with them, having those conversations, and then when alcohol comes up in a conversation, we can talk about it very easily because they're already used to us having that time together and having that uh, conversation. It's Sometimes a little hard when you have a four-year-old that's running around and right. doesn't want to, but we can find definite ways of having that bonding moment like you spoke about and figuring out how uh, as they grow up and they get more busy with lives and they start soccer practice and everything else, we can still have those conversations and we can still and talk about things that we need to. And 10 to 15 minutes is not a big time commitment for our kids, except for when you think about it, like putting your phone down and focusing on your kids for 10 to 15 minutes. It's easier said than done because we're so used to being distracted. I know sometimes my son who's 16 wants me to go out in the backyard and he wants me to watch him do his tricks. And I feel like I always look away and get distracted at some point. He's like, mom, you missed it. And it's not that hard of a commitment. We have to remind ourselves 10 or 15 minutes. Our kids just want us to focus, to watch them, to not miss that soccer ball they kick or do whatever. And I think that goes a long ways to having those conversations and building those relationships with our kids. Uh, I know you've seen this with your kids before, but it's really about caring about what they care about sometimes, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's hard because sometimes they don't care about what you care about, right? And so getting involved in their world, really having that conversation starts with that bonding piece. And so when we have a really good, strong relationship with our child, caring about what they care about, mm -hmm. really engaged in those 15 minutes, not you know, I mean, I, I get caught scrolling my phone, right? When my son's endlessly talking to me about Pokemon or something, but really being engaged in that is the way to start. And then we as parents really need to know the facts. And so if we can learn the facts, you know, Google, before we have a conversation with our child, like go to um, Google, go to parentsempowered.org and get some facts about alcohol, how it harms the brain, how it harms Absolutely. development is a good way to begin that conversation. And, and, and kids really grasp those facts. And so we might not think that they'll get it or understand it or they won't believe us, but they really will. And so, you know, starting there, knowing our facts, being prepared to answer their questions is a good place to start. Yeah. And research shows that even if you can do the simple things like sitting down and having dinner with your families, it's a good place to have a conversation because everyone's a captive audience when you're sitting there at the table. I imagine having 
dinner five times a week, that can decrease the likelihood of underage drinking by 35%. That's crazy. That's pretty good. You know, if you can have dinner and you think there's a captive audience right there, they're all sitting around the table, you're able, that's at least 10 to 15 minutes, hopefully, if they eat fast, but you can (laughs) stretch that out. But uh, that's 10 to 15 minutes right there. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things when we start having these conversations, whether it's the dinner table or Costco or wherever you are, and I'm guessing the other parents probably heard too and are like, oh, look, I can fit this into my life too. Uh, We really do have to talk about the boundaries um, with our kids in underage drinking. And I think one of those boundaries we have to think about too is that we have certain rules, uh, but other parents may not have those certain rules, or if you're in a family that's a divorce situation or different parents. So how do you set those clear boundaries so they know what the family rules are, what your rules are? How does that work? Who's best on this topic to talk about it? This I'll, is a Dave. I'll, this I'll, is a Dave one. I'll cover this. So I, I like that you bring up like the the split home situation or, uh-huh. that, or that situation there. It's really about being clear with your partner on what the rules are because yeah. the different messages, kids are going to pick up on the looser of the messages, right? And so if one of the parents is really, you know, it's okay if you drink at my home, um, but the other parents like, no, you're not drinking underage, uh, you know, they're going to get the alcohol at the one home and that's going to lead to them being more likely to drink in other situations as well. And so just being on the same page and then two, knowing your child's friends and knowing what their parents' rules are, asking them the questions when they go out, Hey, is alcohol available? What are you going to do if alcohol is available? And just being really clear that, Hey, it's okay if other parents maybe, um, have slightly different standards than us, but you know, because of the brain and its development, we really have a clear rule that you're not going to be drinking underage. And so this is what you need to do if alcohol is present or if, um, it becomes available to you at that party. And so just being, being really clear and setting your rules and then tip, maybe taking that opportunity to talk to your child's friends too, if they're the ones providing the alcohol and saying, Hey, it's really not safe to do this, or maybe even it's illegal for you to provide alcohol to kids, even if they're your own child. And so let them understand and try to get them to be on the same page with that rule as well. I know. And I've heard that more and more over the years, and maybe it's just who I talk to, but there are people who say, well, I'm fine with my kids drinking as long as they drink at my house and I can watch them and I know they're safe and they're not driving. But it's not safe even if you're watching them drink because their brain is still inside their head and still can be damaged. Yeah. And one, it's illegal to do that. And there's fines associated with that. But two, children that drink under a parent's watch, even if the parent's like, you know, don't drink at someone else's house or don't drink with your friends. I, you know, I can keep you safe while you drink here. 40% of those children that get it at home go on to drink outside the home. And so we might think that we're keeping them safe and that they're not using other places, but the majority of youth that do use in the home are going to use in other places. And so uh, one, no drop of alcohol is safe for a child that like we just don't know how it's going to affect their brain. Uh, and then two, they're going to be drinking in other situations as well. Absolutely. You were bringing up asking questions and there's a solid five W's list that we really should be talking to our kids about. And I know in journalism, we're always asking <laughs> the who, what, when, where, and why. And they're very similar with your kids as they're heading out the door. And I think it's important for parents to even think about it. You know, what are the basics before they leave yep. to know what they're up to? Apps, uh, we, we want to ask the five W's. And as you said, journalism, it's who, what, when, where, why. It's very the same. Who will they be with? So knowing who they're hanging out with and knowing who their friends are, maybe if they've had that conversation or if they have different conversations with their family, where they're going, what they're going to be doing, and when they'll be home and asking that question, will alcohol be present? Maybe your kids already know and you can have that conversation and take that opportunity to say, if there's alcohol present, 
why don't you just call me or text me and let me know? I can come and pick you up. We can get, you know, you know the rules of our family. Alcohol is not allowed. Let's get you out of that situation. And I love that because I think it's so important for your kids to know that you have their back and you mm-hmm. haven't just set the rules and then left them out there and hung them out there to dry. You're willing to go and uh, save them from that situation. I always think it's great to, to re-ask those questions when they get home because it's good to follow up and just say, okay, was there alcohol there? Who was there? You know, and I also think it's interesting how honest my kids are. I've asked them before, you know, who are your friends that drink? And my kids are willing to tell me who the ones are that drink. And honestly, when they've told me, it was not who in my mom brain had stereotypically thought would be the ones that are drinking. And so I think it's so important to do those um, follow-up questions. Um, Those follow-up questions are going to maybe happen for all your kids when you're younger. And I think one of the ways that uh, you can do this, no matter what age you're at, is maybe role-playing. And this is something that hopefully you can talk to us about. How do you do this with your kids? How do you role-play them through this? Because I think practice makes perfect, whether it's saying no to alcohol or practicing soccer or ballet, dance. They're all skills we build up, right? Yeah. And, you know, when we're thinking about having that conversation, asking questions and asking open-ended questions, and so not projecting maybe your feelings onto your children, Mm. but really letting them, um, you know, tell you what they feel. And so you could ask them an open-ended question of like, what would you do if someone offered you alcohol? And then not be judgmental, obviously, when they tell you that, right? Because if we are judgmental of how they answer, they're going to shut down and not want to talk to us. But having that open-ended question is a good way to start. A couple of other though, of those for you parents out there is if you and your friends were in an unsafe situation, how would you handle it? Or what if your friend's parents allowed alcohol at a party? And so just getting your, you know, the, that view out. But then those off, that leads to the role playing that you were talking about. And so having those open-ended questions can then lead to this opportunity to say, okay, let's pretend I'm, I'm your friend, mom, um, or your sibling is, you know, at a friend's house, you know, and, and alcohol all of a sudden becomes available. What are you going to do now? And so you can sit down and, and work with them on what they're going to say, how they're going to get out of it. You know, it, maybe it's even coming up with a texting code that, you know, that way they're, if their friends are looking over their shoulder, they don't have to say, hey, I need to leave because there's alcohol here. It could just be, you know, a, a word or a phrase that you send to mom or dad that says, hey, come get me now. And so you can role play through those different situations and help help them understand what they need to do. Sports teams spend all week, like football, they spend all week practicing for a certain situation in a game time, and then they hope to be prepared to implement it. It's the same thing here. If we're not practicing before the situation comes up, um, our children aren't going to be prepared to react quickly. And if they don't react quickly, they're maybe in more harm of giving in to the peer pressure that's there. And so if we can take the time to really help them understand this is what you're going to say, this is how you're going to say it, and this is where you're going to go when you're in that situation to get me there to get you or to, to, for you to leave and feel comfortable is really important. Yeah, and I think that confidence is key. I've talked to so many people before that have said that when they're not confident in their decision and they tell friends or other people, I'm not going to drink, and you sound like you're not quite sure of yourself, then it just makes it a longer, drawn-out process of convincing. But if you're just like, no, this is not something I do, they're like, okay. They're, they're like, okay, you've got your mind made up. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about monitoring. So we asked about the five W's, but what is or isn't okay for monitoring your kids? Is it okay to say, hey, I might drive by and check on you or follow up with them or know that you might be tracking them on their phone? What are good ways to know that, you know, kids are know that, hey, mom's watching or dad's watching and they care what's happening? 
I like what you said before the, the follow up afterwards and knowing who their friends are. And hopefully when we talk about that, these things work together, bonding, boundaries and monitoring, we're saying that you kind of have to do all three, right? Yeah. So if you're bonding with them, you're already having those conversations. It's not a one and done kind of thing. It's a, it's a continual little bit by little bit. And so uh, maybe if they're nervous the first time and they, they're not quite truthful and um, the next time you can kind of follow up and say, Hey, was it really, how, how was it? How, who was there? What are they really like? And as you mentioned, there's the, your kids want are seeking your approval. They want to be what you're asking them to, to do. And so, uh, they are going to try their hardest and they're, and i I feel very strongly that kids will, uh, work hard to um, do the right thing. And so if you're having those conversations with them, I believe that they'll they'll respond positively and that you'll you'll have good things happen. In the Absolutely. And one important thing to remind parents too is that you really have to be clear. So as much as we want our kids to be clear and confident when they're saying no to alcohol, we have to be clear with them too because I think if we're kind of wishy-washy about what we believe or what we want from them, they sense weakness. And I feel like they, kids can go after that weakness because they know what parent they can go to when one says no and be like, well, mom said no, but you, whatever, you know, kids, kids can sense it. So we've got to be clear with them about how we feel, right? Definitely. And I, I, I'm thinking of a story with this and I, kids, it's, it's what they perceive, right? And so how do we get, we think we're clear and we're maybe getting that message out clearly, but what are they perceiving? And I think about uh, every night I tell my kids, okay, put your dinner plate in the sink. And what I'm really saying is put all of your dishes from dinner, your plate, your bowl, your cup, your spoon, your fork in the sink. What do they take though? They just take the plate, right? And everything else. And so I have to tell them, so I'm not being clear on what I'm expecting. So we need to be really, really clear what we expect when it comes to drinking underage. And so using the words when we're talking to our children and say, I think it's very wrong for you to drink underage, or we do not expect you to drink underage. We do not want you to drink underage. Um, there's some some statistics that show that when parents get that message, when their children perceive that their parents think it's very wrong for them to drink underage, only about 3% of those youth will go on to drink. But if that shifts to where the child thinks it's wrong or just a little bit wrong, so the removal of the very wrong from that, um, almost half of those youth will go on to drink at some point in their life. And so being very clear um, with that message that we think it's very wrong for you to drink underage. So just don't leave room for interpretation. All right. Facts are facts. I know I learned that during the pandemic, my son, a couple of years ago, I asked him if he washed his hands and he said yes. And then I thought, did I ask him if he used soap? And then he's like, oh, and I'm like, how long have we not been using soap? Right. So now it's like, have you washed your hands with soap? Yes. So sometimes you've got to be very clear about your expectations. If parents have questions about um, how to start the conversation, maybe different ways they can do it, we have resources. Where can parents go if they want to get more information, uh, maybe print themselves off some cheat sheets if they're going to talk to their kids? Parentsempowered.org has all of those resources, that, you know, and, and it's important, uh, as you know, you mentioned, that kids know the facts. Kids have questions. They want to know what's going on. It's great to have some of those answers, and that's all on parentsempowered.org. And there's a lot of uh, other resources about how to start the conversation and what, what, how can we start the conversation and what can we say and, and what are the things that are important to mention. Absolutely. And we all know our kids and kind of what they need from us, and some kids just want to have a conversation about feelings, and other kids we know are 
big on facts and science. And sometimes if you can give them the science and the facts, they really wrap their brains around it. So it's all there on Parents Empowered. It's a great time to have the conversation. We hope that everyone has a great holiday season with their kids. And if they have questions, you know, maybe even listen to the podcast with some older kids or go sit down at the computer with them. But there's so many great resources out there. And we just want everyone to be safe. And also, if you've got those teenagers, remind them that definitely never drinking and never drinking and driving together so we can keep our kids safe and healthy and happy. Thank you so much for being with us, Liz and David. And uh, we'll be back again in a few months when it's time to make some changes with our kids again.